guys. Welcome back to the podcast, Working Smarter and Harder. Again, I am your host, Jonathan Rogers. Thank you very much for joining us today. We've got a couple of interesting things we're going to be discussing today and going over, uh, but I want to get you guys started with our mentality piece for today. Uh, the first one is from Epictetus. Keep your attention focused entirely on what is truly your own concern, and be clear that what belongs to others is their business and none of yours. And that's our first part, um, so we're going to be kind of diving into a little bit of focus for today. Uh, and the other one that I want to focus on, uh, so to speak, is a quote from uh, the founder of Squat University, actually, one of my favorite um, go-tos when it comes to recommending movements or movement patterns and techniques kind of virtually. If I was going to try and uh, give someone advice virtually, I will typically refer to this guy. His name is Dr. Aaron Horshig. You can find him on Instagram at squat underscore university. He's got some excellent content on there. He just uh, wrote and published a book called um, Rebuild or Building Milo, uh, which is an excellent, excellent source for all of your uh, content regarding uh, movement patterns, technique, and one of the biggest things that we're f pulling out today is that being present in the moment um, when it comes to lifting and moving weight, no matter what that weight is. Um, he has a lot of emphasis on that being present in the moment and really paying attention to the technique and movement patterns and focus that you bring to a barbell or to any kind of weight when you decide to move it, no matter whether it's heavy or light. So uh, those are our two parts for today. We're going to be thinking about that as we go through our topic for today, which is going to be on strength building and strength analysis a little bit. Um, I want to talk to you guys a little bit about uh, kind of some starting points for strength, kind of what are some things, what, what, is, what does strength building look like? Why do we care about building strength? Um, what is the most efficient way to build strength? What are some things to avoid? Um, we're going to be kind of going over all those different things for today. Um, but the first thing that I want to talk about is kind of on a physiological or kind of on a cellular level, I want to ana analyze and discuss exactly what is happening when we talk about strength training. So strength training is obviously where we are going to uh, present a load or a weight to a muscular group and we are going to ask it to contract and move that load a certain amount of times uh, to hopefully uh, improve the muscular strength and the endurance and uh, if we're lucky, the size of that muscular group. So um, that's, that's basically what it is. And what we're doing there, and I've mentioned this before, is that your body will adapt to what you do. So that's where consistency comes into place when we start talking about this, and you're going to kind of hear me mention this throughout the whole episode, is that when it comes to building strength, it is something that you have to continuously present as a stimulus to your body because in order for us to maintain that muscular um, gain, we have to continue to increase and provide that stimulus for that muscle to adapt to. Now, when it comes to beginning strength training, I want to analyze exactly what is happening when we start looking at that muscle fiber. Um, when we start strength training, we typically, especially for newer lifters or people who are new to a lifting scene or any kind of thing, anything like that, whether you are performing dumbbell curls or you're performing deadlifts, whatever your range or field is, you're going to see a exponential growth in your strength over a very, very short period of time. And that is due to a couple of different things. Um, so the first thing is, is that no, you are not actually building new muscle really, really fast. You are actually adapting your nervous system to responding to a different load. So the nervous system and the muscular system play a very hand-in-hand -hand role when it comes to strength building. Um, there is a nervous, central nervous portion of strength training that is very critical to building strength. Um, and that is totally dependent upon the signal that is sent to your musculature to recruit muscle fibers and motor units depending on the amount of load that you are moving. 
and we can see this as an example. Um, if you've ever gone to pick up a carton of milk and it weighed less or uh, because of its opaque color, maybe you looked at it and it looked half full or totally full and you went to go pick up that muscle or that, uh, sorry, that milk carton and you almost throw it over your shoulder because your brain got confused, observed a load and had an expectation for what that load would look like. It recruited too many muscle fibers than was necessary and you almost throw the milk carton. Um, now that's what, that's kind of what we, that, that's the best representation that I have whenever we talk about starting to correlate that nervous system with that muscle recruitment. Um, so the, you do the same thing when it comes to lifting. Um, you are over time, you're going to look at a piece of weight equipment, um, and based off of prior experience, your nervous system is going to go, okay, well, we've moved 35 pounds relatively easily before. Here's the amount of force that we need to generate in order to move that load. So when you are a new lifter, you are starting to change your nervous system more than anything and the way that your brain is going to approach certain weight, you start to build confidence and you start to build in that um, auto automatic response that says, hey, we've moved 35 pounds before, 35 pounds is no big deal, we can move that easily, here's how much muscle requirement we need to do that. And that's all that strength training is and it, it is not so exponential right away because at a certain point you will start to uh, move past that nervous system training where your nervous system knows how much it can move, it is adapted, it is used to the load and everything like that. Then we start to look at building muscle and starting to create um, hypertrophy and starting to develop strength as it is actually the musculature that is going to be developing and now the nervous system is simply uh, it is it is basically peaked at that point. It is going to be continuing to fire, and obviously you learn new things and adapt to loads all the time. But the musculature is what we're focusing on, and that is what is going to be increasing as you start to become more and more consistent, and you get closer to six months to a year of your training, and you start to kind of see that more of a plateau or more of a linear growth uh, when it comes to musculature. So that's kind of a physiological level, kind of what we're looking at when it talks about building strength. Um, the other thing that I want to talk about um, kind of more on a, on a practical level is um, the best place to start when it comes to building strength is obviously to identify your goals. Goals are going to make a huge uh, difference for what kind of load that you are moving, um, how often you move it, and what kind of strength you are looking to build. Um, so if you are looking to become a bodybuilder, you need to identify what that looks like. You need to identify the kind of um, machines or the type of free weights that you need to be using on a regular basis and the kind of schedule that you need to keep in order to provide the greatest look for your musculature. Um, if you are a power lifter, you need to be identifying um, maybe eliminating some of those things that a bodybuilder would be using because they're not going to effectively uh, help the things that you are going to be doing as a power lifter as your moves are going to be much more fundamentally based and they are not going to be so uh, specific to a muscle group. Um, and then also if you are an Olympic weightlifter, you need to be focusing on technique and you need to be focusing on moving loads uh, while also focusing on the movement that you provide. And again, you may be eliminating some of those, some of those things that a power lifter would be using um, in their lifting as it is very different. So that's step number one is just establishing what it is that you want to get out of your strength training and identifying where you are trying to go. Um, from there, the best thing that we want to do is we want to take the, the, the movements, whatever they are, um, whatever they look like, and we want to establish a one rep max. So 
I every time that I do this for programming for people, I always tell them first week, whatever you're lifting looks like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, anything like that. And we'll get more into details of kind of a schedule, like a week schedule or a month schedule in, in a little bit. But I always establish, I always encourage my clients to establish a one rep max first. So that kind of is where you go into the gym, you don't do a lot of the strength training or like power training beforehand. You go in, you warm up, you establish the lift that you are performing and you do it and to your maximal capability for one repetition. So the importance of building up to a one rep max is to establish a baseline. So when you start with that one rep max, you establish a baseline, you have a number, you need to record that number, whatever that number is, and that way in the future, when we start to work on that muscle group again, we can start working based off of percentages. Now, percentages are one of the, they're very old school, but there's a reason that they are still around and that why they're being used all the time. Um, a lot of people maybe don't understand the the purpose or maybe the, uh, the reason for percentages, but percentages help us uh, identify a baseline and they also help us create a more structured strength training program uh, over a period of time. And then also you, it, it makes it more trackable. It makes it, it's a lot like weighing yourself. You have a number, right? You, you weigh 135 pounds, you want to weigh 145. Well, what if you just quit checking on that weighing all the time and you just got to a point one day where you're like, yeah, I feel like I weigh 145 pounds. I mean, that's that's kind of a rough comparison, but that is that is essentially what you were doing when you go in and you just lift for the sake of lifting and you're trying to become stronger, but you don't really have a good idea of how to progress further. So we want to be paying attention to that those percentages so that when we start to look at increasing our strength, we actually have numbers that we can base that stuff off of. And then we can reestablish that one rep max and then all of your percentages will go up, which I, is the joke that is always funny because you every time that you set a PR or a personal record and you increase your one rep max, um, your strength training is going to just become that much more difficult because now you have to increase your percentages. So for example, let's just create a good example of this. So if I was having you establish a one rep max back squat as the beginning of your lifting program, then I would set it up. So you go into the gym, you take as long as you need to, to build to whatever that max is. And let's say it's 255 pounds. So the next week that you come in, you're not going to be doing that same thing. You are going to set a baseline probably close to 50 or 60% of that. And then you are going to do it for more repetitions. Now, the reason that we do that is because in order to increase uh, strength for that one rep max, we want to work around 60 to 70%, which is the number that has been identified as being the most effective. And then we're looking at anywhere from um, four sets for untrained individuals and then eight sets for professionally trained individuals. Um, and then it, for those of you that are curious, um, the book that I am referring this from is one that I just got on Amazon actually it uh, recently. Um, it's called Optimizing Strength Training um, and it was written by Stephen J. Fleck and William J. Kramer. Um, they are two um, kind of kind of leaders in strength training. Um, they've been around for a very long time. They've done a lot of excellent research and everything that I've read in this book so far has been excellent and concurrent with research and data that I have seen. Um, and I would definitely recommend if you are looking to maybe do programming on your own or if you're looking to program for a friend or a family member, um, you definitely need to start doing some research and start looking at some of these guys writing because it's a very easy read, but it provides some very 
um, excellent information regarding kind of what that looks like. Um, they have cited all of their sources in here, so on and so forth, and I will include a link to that book in the description today as well. Um, but this is kind of uh, where I'm getting some of my information from, just for those of you that are curious. So anyways, returning back to what we were talking about is with percentages and whatnot, um, we want to continue to work at that 70 to 60% um, for a period of time. And then after a while is when we will start to return to establishing that one rep max. And then we can start to retest for increasing that strength. Um, the other recommendation that I have is that you should not be testing your one rep max um, in less than... Uh, I want to say almost, it depends on your level of lifting. If you are more of an intermediate to advanced lifter, you should not be testing it more than three to six months apart. Honestly, like that is, that is, that should be your time frame. Um, if it's a relatively new lift that you are not used to, again, we're looking at that neurological and that nervous system adaptation. Uh, so maybe three months, uh, but ideally three to six months is how long we would like to wait with you consistently working on strength training before we even consider retesting that one rep max. Now, for newer to like maybe um, uh, introductory lifters, we can look at maybe decreasing that time frame a little bit. But as you continue to become more consistent, it's that same thing. We do not want to be going in and retesting for that one rep max on a regular basis because it. I, I can almost I, I can guarantee that your strength will more than likely have not increased from yesterday. You doing a one rep max bench press yesterday or back squat yesterday does not make you stronger for today. Um, so you should not be retesting that one rep max on a very regular basis. Um, and that kind of carries us over into our next, top, next topic. Oh, I apologize. And we are um, where we are looking at how long does it take to build strength? Um, so whenever we're looking at building strength, it is something that is, it's different than conditioning in a lot of ways because conditioning is a different kind of adaptation and conditioning is more along the lines of like aerobic fitness where we're talking about running or we're talking about, um, uh, any kind of like, uh, monostructural piece like a rower or like an erg bike or even cycling or something like that. Um, where you can actually start to increase that kind of load and that kind of intensity over a consistent period of weeks. Like with running, they recommend that you increase um, by 10% uh, every every other week, I believe it is. Um, we'll have an episode on that one as well coming up here soon. I want to talk about that more. Um, but when it comes to strength, it takes a much greater period of time to develop strength. Um, and we so whenever we start looking at building strength, we definitely want to try and be patient with it because at the bare minimum, even when you start lifting, you're looking at four weeks at least of consistent lifting and consistent strength building and focus um, to start noticing improvement and noticing um, strength development, um, four weeks at the minimum. So anytime that you take on a new lift or a new, um, new activity of some kind that includes weight training, we are looking, or a new programming or something else like that, we are looking at a four week uh, kind of deadline to start identifying and actually noticing some improvement in strength. And some may even argue that it could be close to even something like six weeks to a, uh, two or three months, something along those lines. And that is definitely true that as we continue to move down the line and you continue to increase that time frame where you are working consistently, we will definitely notice um, increase in strength over a period of time. Um, but strength is definitely something that takes a much longer period of time to develop than it does for something else. So with that being said, for somebody who is looking to 
maybe uh, be competitive in some kind of a sport that includes strength, it's important that you start right now. Um, because again, like I just mentioned, it takes a long time to build up to that point. And if you are looking to peak or you are looking to kind of hit your maximal amount of uh, power output or strength at, that, at a certain point, you want to begin right now because that is going to take a much longer period of time to develop than it would if you were doing conditioning. Um, so that fits very well with kind of our CrossFit methodology because whenever we start looking at uh, our competitive season or something else like that, um, we typically want to be doing it for maybe somebody who is maybe a better conditioned or better body strength athlete. We want to focus on developing strength through kind of our basic power lifts like deadlift and back squat and, uh, and a push press or a press overhead because we want to be building that strength all year round because when we start to get closer to that time uh, where it's ready to compete and we're looking at not only needing muscular strength and endurance, but we're also looking at needing cardiovascular and uh, aerobic conditioning, that aerobic and cardiovascular conditioning, once it's focused on, you can increase it significantly in about three weeks. Um, now, it does decrease rather quickly as well. Um, we've seen in studies in the past that have shown that um, detraining or taking time off of training can increase um, starting on that first day, um, which is understandable as we are looking at this. Um, but you can increase your conditioning or your um, aerobic conditioning in roughly three to four weeks prior to an event. So if you are looking to do any kind of competitive uh, things in this aspect, obviously if you are more of an aerobic trained athlete, then you wanna be working on that primarily as your focus with strength with a little bit of strength training included, but you really don't need to be focusing on building up and really hitting that competitive uh, intensity until about three to four weeks beforehand. Now, alternatively, like I mentioned before, I'm just going to reiterate it. If you are a strength, uh, like uh, deprived an athlete, and you are looking to improve on that strength, we need to be working on it now. Now, with that being said, as well, strength does not go away as quickly as aerobic conditioning does. Um, so whenever we're looking at building strength and taking time off, it does actually take a much greater amount of time for that muscular atrophy to take place, uh, as opposed to cardiovascular and aerobic conditioning. Um, and again, it's just because of the process and the time that it takes to actually develop that musculature is very different in the way that we train for aerobic or, uh, uh, sorry, uh, more conditioning styled events. So there's kind of a little bit of an outline of kind of how long we're looking at strength building, um, which is why I think that um, referring to the guy that I mentioned earlier from Squat University, he talks a lot about strength training children um, and how there's a lot of benefit to that. Um, and even like the uh, NSCA, they've identified that there is uh, multiple benefits to strength training in children. There is a increase in self-confidence. There is an increase in the way that children perceive their own selves and their own strength and capabilities. Um, there is also an improvement in bone density, which we can all agree would take place if, as soon as you start strength training. Um, and then also, uh, obviously, uh, neuromuscular coordination. So we start to see an improvement in uh, balance and stability and strength, obviously, as well. Um, and then also, when we're looking down the line at a kid or a child who is interested in continuing strength training, they will have a huge advantage over their competitors that started in late high school to college because they will have been doing it for so much longer. So their systems are much more adapted and already prepared to move and uh, to control and to generate power for lifting and for strength training as opposed to their other individuals who are kind of not only growing but also trying to 
uh, adapt neurologically and, and uh, within their nervous system. So uh, the next part of that, whenever we start looking at strength, is we start looking at, it's maybe a little bit more specific, and like I mentioned earlier, we're gonna look at that, that week-long period. We wanna be looking at, um, when it comes to strength training, uh, it is also technically, it is technically a form of damage to your musculature. So that's why, that's where muscle soreness and kind of fatigue comes from, is kind of an inflammation and kind of a tenderness within the musculature. Um, it is not from lactic acid. Lactic acid is actually a theory that we are starting to kind of dispel now, or a, I should say, a, a myth, uh, if, if you will. Um, lactic acid is something that we hear all the time, but it's actually something that is not causing muscle soreness uh, it is actually the it is the opposite of that um, and we can get more into that in a later episode if we'd like um, but anyways when we're talking about muscular damage from lifting it's because you are you are adding a stimulus you are asking the muscle to improve and to adapt to a load and then you are breaking taking a break after that so you have some of that muscular damage and when i say damage I want to make sure that you guys understand that in order for damage to be repaired, you have to give your body time. So when we're looking at strength training, we do not want to be looking at four to six or seven days a week of a heavy, high intensity strength training. We want to be looking at very uh, augmented sets and days. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday is an excellent schedule to keep so that you make sure that you are getting plenty of rest in between those uh, days. And as I've mentioned previously, there is uh, another episode about sleep and exercise. Um, that's a great episode. If you guys want to go back and listen to that one, we've discussed the benefits of getting lots of sleep um, as you are looking at strength training and exercise in general. Um, so we know that that is super important as well. We need to be getting at least seven to eight hours of sleep every single night. Um, just to kind of do a quick recap and kind of summarize that one uh, in order to see that potential for strength uh, improvement. And again, the reason is because we're trying to help the muscle recover. So if you have a really, really heavy leg day on Monday and then you do the same thing again tomorrow, you're not giving that musculature the time that it needs to properly heal itself and recover and improve and get stronger in that post-exercise um, bout when you're simply hammering it again and again and again and again. Now, this is something that needs to be, I just want to clarify here, when we're talking about uh, this kind of successful lifting in these certain periods and like allowing for recovery uh, in between these uh, days and these sets, I want to make sure that it is understood that there is um, a, a certain level of intensity that comes into place here. So let's say, for example, you're worried about your strength gains on from your back squatting on Monday because you go for a hike on Tuesday. Now, I want to identify that there are two different levels of intensity there. On Monday, you're focusing on the quadriceps and on the um, hip flexors, and you're focusing on the hamstrings and the posterior chain. With high intensity, you're putting high load on that musculature, and you are trying to uh, adapt those systems specifically to a high load. Now, you go hiking on Tuesday, and I would actually recommend doing something of a lighter kind of capacity to kind of help with circulation and trying to help that system recover because whenever we start doing that, we it's at a much lower intensity, it's at a much lower load, and we are trying to help that muscular uh, recovery actually as opposed to damaging it more because unless you're going for a max sprint uh, event the next day or you're hiking a 14er, that's where we're going to start hitting that kind of same level of intensity where we are no longer helping the musculature recover, but we are actually subtracting from that strength training. Uh, 
Now, on a day-to-day -day basis, what that looks like whenever we're looking at strength building specifically, um, as I mentioned earlier uh, from the book that I had mentioned, um, they recommend that for newer individuals, uh, four sets is perfectly reasonable, um, four to five sets of three to five reps. Um, or actually, I'm sorry, four to five sets of eight to 12 repetitions, somewhere in that range, is a great place to start at a lower to moderate weight as we are looking to try, and again, we are looking to increase strength and in trying to develop more muscle mass. That is a great place to start. For more of my intermediate to moderate to maybe advanced lifters, you all already know this, and if you aren't having it programmed for you already, three to five reps at uh, five to eight sets is ideally what we are looking for when we're looking at increasing in strength. Um, and those weight loads are going to be significantly heavier than the ones that we were looking at before. So that's kind of a, a, a example of what we are looking at when we're talking about those. So again, like I mentioned, we're gonna come, keep coming back to the back squat reference. Um, I refuse to use bench purely because I do CrossFit. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, when it comes to back squatting, let's say, for example, your sets are gonna look like you've established your one rep max, you're going off of a percentage of 70% of whatever that looks like. And so what you're gonna have is you're gonna have three to five sets or maybe, um, I'm sorry, five to eight sets of uh, three to five reps within that range. Now that is going to, cause a lot of fatigue within that range as we're moving at a pretty high uh, percentage there of 70%, but we're only moving it for a couple of reps and we're looking at that ideal green zone for building strength. Um, anything over that and we are typically starting to look more at muscular endurance and anything less than that and we're actually just not stimulating the muscle enough to try and increase that strength. Um, so there is kind of our green zone again, like I said, for my moderate to uh, intermediate and starting lifters, we are looking at eight to 12 reps and looking at around four to five sets. And for my uh, more advanced to uh, intermediate lifters, again, we're looking at anywhere from five to eight sets. And again, we're looking at um, five to eight reps within that range. Sorry, those numbers may be just a little bit off, but kind of along those lines, we are looking at that range to develop muscular strength, no matter what your movement is. It doesn't have to be back squats, that applies to everything. This is what we were looking at to try and supplement with that. Uh, the second part of this that I want to establish is that there is a very important uh, fundamental piece of strength building that identifies strength before power. So if you are doing anything like plyometrics, if you are an explosive athlete like a basketball or football, or you are a sprinter athlete of some kind, we want to identify the two difference between those two. So if you are doing strength training, we need to make sure that we are doing it before our power movements. So our power movements are going to be those really explosive, high intensity, really quick, typically lighter movements. Um, and this also goes for my Olympic weightlifters when we are looking at moving loads very explosively. Um, sometimes they may be heavy, but if we're looking at developing that strength, uh, that's going to be more of our prime moving loads like our deadlift and our back squat and our front squat. We want to make sure that we are implementing those pieces first as our strength to develop uh, power afterwards. And that's kind of the idea of plyometric movement in general, is that typically when we move something at a heavier load, we typically create a stretch response that typically allows for us to move with more explosiveness faster. Um, and there's a lot of physiology and a lot of the nervous system that goes back into that. Um, and I can go back into that more if you guys like, but that's just kind of a quick summary that we want to generate. And I if you guys take anything away, I want you to remember that phrase, strength before power. So if you, again, if you are a power athlete and you are looking at developing very quick explosive movement, we wanna make sure that our strength training comes as a predecessor to that. 
Um, the other part of this I want to make sure uh, that is very important, uh, as I'm sure that you guys all have a very rough idea of, at least, is the importance of uh, food intake. Um, if you are looking at building strength, you need to make sure that you understand how many calories you are burning at a certain point in time so that you can be eating more than that. You also need to be identifying what kind of an athlete you are so that you can identify how much protein you need to be consuming as protein is our building block and it is going to supplement our strength training significantly and you cannot be lifting and improving your strength without it. You may, as I noticed, as I mentioned earlier before, you'll see those that neurological adaptation in the beginning of your lifting and you'll be like, oh, I'm getting stronger and I haven't been eating that much more protein. Well, that's purely because your body and your brain and your central nervous system are adapting to that and they are learning how to move loads. As you start to continue, you will need to be uh, continuously increasing the amount of protein and calories that you are intaking to make sure that you are matching your training loads so that you are correctly recovering from, as I mentioned before, that recovery is a huge, super important piece, that you are appropriately and adequately recovering from your strain and from the damage that you have applied to your musculature. So uh, if you guys haven't listened to my protein episode, there's one a couple of episodes before this where I go over some more specific details of that. There are a couple of equations included in the description of that episode if you are looking for identifying uh, what your daily protein intake should look like. And if you're looking at caloric intake, what that should look like, there's a couple of equations there. I'd recommend going back and looking at that one as that one will feed directly into this one. And they are both very important as well. So those are kind of just some some tips and some starting things that I want to start talking about when it comes to strength. There is so much more that can be identified in there, but those are kind of the things that I've identified. Hopefully that gives you guys a good idea of maybe what you are doing currently that is good and maybe eliminating some of the things that you are doing currently that are bad. Like if your sleeping habits are really, really bad, but you are trying to improve your strength and make sure that maybe we're adjusting our schedule somehow so that we are increasing the amount of sleep that we are getting and hopefully you will see some good results come out of that. The other one is maybe you are doing too many reps when you are looking to become a power lifter and you only need to be moving a deadlift or a bench press or a back squat once. Um, maybe you're doing too many reps in that scenario. So we need to be scaling our reps back a little bit to try and focus on really augmenting that strength, capacity, and power. All right. Thank you guys so much. Again, I will include a link to the book that I was discussing earlier and kind of give a shout out to them as there's some excellent information in here. If you guys want to do some more reading, that is absolutely available. All right, guys, and with that being said, we're going to go ahead and we're going to hop back into a little bit of that mindset discussion for today, and we're going to talk a little bit about focus and kind of what that looks like. Um, so I, want to, I really want to encourage you guys whenever we start talking about moving loads and we start talking about strength training in general, um, I, want to inc I want to encourage that safety is a huge, huge concern of mine whenever it comes to moving and lifting because there is definitely a potential for injury and there's a potential for damage when it comes to moving heavy loads. Um, and if you have any... Uh, disagreement with that, uh, you can definitely go and investigate and go watch, literally search anything on YouTube and you will come up with a hundred million results for people hurting themselves during injury, or I'm sorry, during lifting. Um, it's a big reason for a lot of people that they don't do a lot of heavy weight exercise, but I want to encourage you that there is a right and a wrong way to approach a situation when it comes to our focus. And our focus should always be on proper movement and mechanics. Um, this is the fundamental baseline of any kind of strength training. So whenever you look at developing strength, I want you to make sure that uh, from me to you, that you understand exactly what it is that you are doing and you, what your goals are so that you can move safely and efficiently and that you can be completely present in the moment when it comes to lifting. Um, 
And I understand that it's perfectly easy to get wrapped up in music and kind of in the people around us and get uh, pumped up by our friends and stuff like that. Whenever we start looking at moving weight, especially when it starts to get heavy and you're making gains, I mean, that's awesome. But I really want to make sure that as we continue to develop um, strength and we start to develop a uh, mental capacity for moving weight that we are doing it with intention and that we are not doing it flippantly. Um, there is a lot of, like I said, there's a lot of potential for injury, but not if we are doing it appropriately. If we are moving within our boundaries and understanding where our focus is at, there is so much to be gained and had out of proper form and mechanics when it comes to identifying uh, or built when it comes to building strength. And this is true of all age groups. I mentioned earlier that strength training in children has a lot of benefit. Some people may consider this to be very dangerous, and I would absolutely disagree because there is so much potential for built for the, the pros that can come out of strength training for children, especially, and for our elderly population as well is huge. Uh, but it needs to be done correctly. Um, it's just the same as anything else. Uh, you wouldn't send a kid into football and tell him to just you wouldn't send 15 kids into football and just tell them to figure it out. You understand that because there's a potential for injury there. No, that's why we have practice. That's why we have coaching. That's why we have a correct step and process that we have in place so that when we start working with uh, actually going into activity that we're doing it safely and we're doing it properly. So I want to make sure that whatever level you're at, whether you're doing this at home, whether you are strength training with other people in a gym, whether you are strength training alone, make sure that you understand the risks involved and that you are paying attention, you are being present in that moment and you are staying focused on what you are doing so that you can protect yourself and move safely, not only yourself, but the people around you that are also at risk when you move loads. I want you to understand that there's, again, there's potential there for injury, but not if you are doing it correctly. Those pros vastly outweigh those cons. Um, and you can find uh, the guy who I mentioned earlier, his uh, book, Dr. Aaron Hershig, he's got a uh, uh, a lot of really, really excellent um, information, more kind of on these on these topics. Um, but the other quote that I had mentioned to you guys before was keep your attention focused entirely on what is truly your own concern and be clear that what belongs to others is their business and none of yours. That's kind of more on a social aspect, um, but it is still true that when we start lifting and we start moving weight, it's a lot like driving in a snowstorm. You want to make sure that your focus and your attention is solely on the road in front of you and where you are going. You want to make sure that you are focusing on the thing that is directly within your control at that time, which is whatever load that it is that you are moving, whether you are doing a snatch, a deadlift, or even a bicep curl. I don't care what it is. Needs to be make sh We need to make sure that when we are moving that load that our attention is on that road because otherwise there is so much potential for injury that could off that could totally derail the goals and the idea and the mentality that you have when it comes to lifting and the way that you approach it. We want to approach moving load with confidence and respect and we want to make sure that we are staying focused and present in that moment when we do start to move those loads. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening today. I really do appreciate it. Um, if you wouldn't mind leaving a review, that really helps other people kind of find us. If you wouldn't mind sharing this with somebody who maybe you know that is either struggling with strength training or maybe is looking to get into it, um, that would be awesome. Send them my way. I am more than happy to discuss any other um, disagreements or discrepancies that you guys might have with this. I know that there's a lot of different ways to do this. This is the stuff that I have found that is kind of more fundamental, kind of the baseline, kind of the starting point. These are the not, these are the essentials when it comes to strength training. So I really 
really want to encourage you guys to uh, obviously do more research, obviously look into what your goals are, identify what those are because they may change and they may vary. You may find something else that says that you need to be doing something different for your strength training and that is perfectly fine. Um, this Again, this is kind of more of just the, the essential stuff that I have been working with and doing myself and then recommending for uh, a lot of my athletes that I work with that this is kind of, this is the, this is the place to start. Um, so go ahead. You guys can find me at uh, Rogers underscore athlete 88 uh, on Instagram, or you can email me and I will include my email in the link in the description, uh, or I will include my email in the description. Um, and again, I want to give a huge shout out to Grit Collective. They are an awesome company. Um, they are a clothing brand that I am uh, representing, uh, and I have a lot of their stuff that I really enjoy wearing. Um, it's an awesome brand, and they have a excellent logo that you can get behind, uh, start some really, really cool conversations with the people around you. Um, and they are uh, doing some really, really cool things right now. They just released kind of their spring edition where they've got a lot of new colors coming out, no longer in just the black and white. We've now got some blue. I think I've even seen some gray as well. So you guys go over there and check them out. I will include a link to their website here as well. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Stay safe, stay focused, stay present when you lift, and have a fantastic day. Fantastic.